like you know like this is our was this officially our fourth episode or is it our fifth officially oh shit are you still recording right now oh let me stop it sorry <laughs> uh no don't stop it actually okay so it's our spooky halloween episode and it's technically episode four if we're counting episode zero as episode zero so what do you know about tetraphobia james <laughs> nothing <laughs> what the hell is that so she the number four is very similar to the character for death Oh, yeah. Four is a, a bad number. And is it all Asian culture or is it just Japan? I know Japan and China. I don't want to cast beyond that, but it's like definitely a thing. OK, so our spooky episode is the number of death. This is episode four. You're definitely spooky episode of Coward Ride With Me. Hello, you're listening to Carmen Ride With Me. This week on a very special Halloween episode, we're discussing our favorite monster designs, then recap episodes 7, 8, and 9 of Kamen Rider Zero One. Podcast about stunt-filled shows full of heroes. I'm James Dorrington. I'm your expert. And I'm James Baker. I'm your newcomer. So James, how's it been this week? Uh, it's been pretty good, man. Uh, you know, starting to celebrate October officially this week. Um, starting to try to watch a lot more horror movies, some uh, horror anime, you know, getting a little bit more festive this time. We only got one more week left in October, so let's get it. <laughs> How about you? It's been flying by. Like, I feel like it's just the start of the month, but it's just about over. And I hardly do anything Halloween, but I should. That's exactly how I felt, man. I'm like, I usually do like a pumpkin patch or like a corn maze or carve a pumpkin. I haven't did any of that. Like time is moving at a rapid pace this year. Especially because just like it's been so busy. Um, just to, like in this month, like we like launch like this, for instance, and it's just been like, oh, like every week there's like something to do. <laughs> yeah. And like on that, actually, like I just wanted to have a note for listeners. Um, we're changing up our formatting just a little bit um, this week. So we're going to have a... Uh, less recap in the recap so that means it's going to be for people that have watched the episodes and we're going to talk about our feelings not like a beat by beat breakdown we thought that would be more engaging and then also in the front half we're going to have a clearer subject that we can speak on before we get into the more like spoiler filled zone so yeah um what this week have you been watching james anything good uh so i just got done watching my favorite halloween movie uh trick or treat (laughs) i freaking love that movie I uh, just got done watching that. But uh, as far as anime, I started watching a series that I should have watched a long time ago, which is Neon Genesis Evangelion. And Ooh. Jesus Christ, I'm enjoying it. I almost had somebody spoil it for me the other day. He told me what the main character did, and I was like, Ugh. but I don't know who oh. he's referring to. So I'm kind of upset about that. That's one thing that you like have to risk by like not watching an anime that's like super old. <laughs> it's like you got to be like a beware of spoilers. But uh, I'm really enjoying that anime. I wish I watched it sooner. Um, I'm like halfway through right now. But uh, other than that, um, I just got home from watching The Lighthouse, the new Robert Eagers film. Very interesting and so much unpacked. Um, it wasn't as scary as I thought it was because uh, he directed The Witch, but uh, I don't think it was supposed to be scary. But uh, other than that, um, 
just a few other anime and a few other movies. How about you, James? What you been up to? Uh, like first, actually, um, how did you manage to avoid most spoilers for Evangelion, considering just like this summer it came back out and was like available the first time on Netflix? People were talking about it nonstop, I feel like. Like, how'd you dodge all that? I honestly don't know. Like, I haven't heard anything at all about Evangelion. But uh, yeah, the reason why I wanted to watch it is because it's the whole uh, thing about Netflix getting it. And I was going to watch it on Netflix, but um, I heard a lot of like the original fans complaining about uh, oh, the yeah. subtitles, stuff they took out, the voices. So um, I just decided to go on the internet and find it. And uh, I found it on Kiss Anime, and I've been watching it in, uh, in the original sub. So I don't miss anything that uh, Netflix took out. Yeah, and there's like weird stuff too, where like uh, they don't subtitle like screens. If like a character is like looking at like a newspaper clipping, they aren't subbing that, which like fan subs, like old subs would do. So it's like there's lots of like weird contextual like stuff you want to pick up that wasn't in the Netflix version, which kind of turned me off as well. Okay, yeah, I heard nothing but complaints about that. So I'm like, uh, I'll just catch up on it on a on a Kiss Anime. That's one of those ones uh, with like that Ghost in the Shell and like Kira were the big three that they were trying to make into live action. And after how Ghost of the Shell went, yeah, could you see that movie like that working as a movie? Even Gillian? Uh, I hope they never attempt to try to make it into a to a live action. Um, I'm not really a fan of live action animes. Um, Death Note was <laughs> one of the few that I've watched, and I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would. And I was kind of stoked about hearing about uh the Akira live action movie that Taika Waititi was supposed to film, but now I hope that doesn't happen either. <laughs> that definite movie had some good things going for it though. It had um Lakeith Stanfield, it had um Willem Dafoe. It could have been I mean it could have been worse, I guess, if they had lesser actors in those two roles, but it was still pretty bad for the talent it had in it. Yeah, and it's like whenever you have to like cram in something like, you know, Death Note that takes place over twenty plus episodes and two uh, an hour and a half movie or even two hours it's kind of hard to do that um and i feel like that's why a lot of the live action movies kind of ended up falling short because they have like an hour to explain like something that takes you weeks to finish <laughs> yeah and i think that sometimes like the priorities of like a movie don't match maybe if they're looking at something that isn't a pure like fantasy because like death note is a little like tense in ways that there's not like a perfect hero. There's like a lot of like moral gray area. That's not like fun as like a fantasy in 90 minutes. Yeah. I'm really curious about how this Cowboy Bebop live action film is going to turn out. Um, the cast looks okay. Um, I'm optimistic, but uh, I just hope it doesn't bomb. I hope it's okay. It got delayed like six months because um, John Cho like hurt his leg really bad. Yeah. I heard about that. I wonder if he was like trying to do his own stunt and like got hurt or if he like tripped over a rug, and like twisted his leg. No details came out about how it happened. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, but um, he was like one of the weirder casting. I was like, that's not an obvious pick, but also it feels like a, a strong one. So I was kind of happy with that part. Yeah, it was kind of odd when he got cast as Spike, because, you know, when you, when you think of Spike, it's like um, slim guy, kind of younger than what Cho is. And uh, big green hair. And I really don't see the show with big green hair. But, uh, I mean, they're still filming. It's going to happen. So I'm interested in seeing the first trailer. Yeah. So this week, I um, had two interesting things to talk on, actually. Uh, one is The Outer Worlds, which you probably heard a little bit about. Yeah. You played it? Yeah. Um, I'm not done, but it, it's really it's really strong. Um, it's not like a 
super impressive like change in what games are but when there hasn't been like a fallout game for like years and there hasn't been like a mass effect game for years because um this feels like that sweet spot it's like from the people who made like it has like the same like dna as like fallout one and two and like this company made fallout new vegas which is what i'm referring to when i say it's been years because i don't really consider a fallout 76 and to a lesser extent fallout 4 to be like real fallout games but um it's a really strong one of those if it feels like somebody went out and made a subversive game about exploring a world and like a people and like having some choices yeah i've heard nothing but positive things about this game and i haven't played any fallout games i played the first mass effect but uh i mean the way you described it is pretty much what i've been hearing and uh i definitely need to check it out hopefully i can get my hands on it pretty soon yeah it's just a very great game it um it's kind of like how you might like leave town for a while and not be able to find like a sandwich that's only done in your town and then you come (laughs) back and you're like okay (laughs) i'm from like around boston and um whenever i want like a roast beef sandwich and i'm not around boston i can't get it because um (laughs) it's just not the same thing it's like what's this bullshit yeah this is a roast beef sandwich (laughs) but it's like that it's like it's just been so long since i've been like and the other maybe more interesting thing (laughs) that you won't hear other people's takes on the same way but um i watched the documentary who let the dogs out what what is this about (laughs) it's about the the song who let the dogs out it's about the bahamin yeah what the hell where did you find this at it's at film festivals right now so i like went to like a showing um and so actually first off um so where are the artists of this song from uh i only get one shot yeah one shot i would say jamaica no they're from the bahamas because they're named oh my god the baja right man. i never fucking knew that <laughs> exactly that happened to me earlier this week <laughs> yo when you said bahamas. it like that i feel like an idiot i was like jamaica you're like no the bahamas i'm like fuck but if yeah. you didn't know and i didn't know i feel a lot better <laughs> no everyone i've told that to has had that moment where they're like ash ketchum oh <laughs> Like that kind of thing. Because, okay, it totally makes sense that they're from the Bahamas. Just, it's kind of like, um, one time I got banned from like a subreddit for three months the first time that I posted there because I just posted on the Mandela Effect subreddit. Um, Flow Rider is from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> and I was really drunk and that was not the right place to post that, but people were pissed at me. That's hilarious. Uh, but no, this is a documentary just about um, who actually made this song, who made what, like a lot of things. Like it's about like what is like just what parts of other people's work do we un- like unintentionally take and add to our own. And it's also like about the person making the documentary's obsession with this. So there's a whole think piece about this song. There's like some conflicting credits there's lots of twists and turns it's really wow it's just so silly and so dramatic and it's great (laughs) where'd you find it it's at like film festivals right now so it's probably not available unless you make a trip oh you have to go somewhere to find okay yeah i'm not sure if it's found distribution yet uh but you know (laughs) of just really crazy uh so for this week we actually wanted to talk and our subject for this week for the halloween spooky was we wanted to talk about um, some of our favorite monster designs, just kind of in general, but also with some look towards Toku as well, because there's so many 
great designs in Toku. So um, <clears throat> one show that we both probably know is our first real look at this genre of like TV is Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And um, it has some weird designs. And we each were able to name like four or five major suits from that, like monsters that we loved. So um, let's start with you, James. What was one of your favorite suit designs from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Your favorite monsters? Yeah, so when you hit me up and asked me to post some of my favorite uh, monsters from Power Rangers, I really had to go dig deep because I haven't watched it in so long. But just like going on like the blogs and seeing all the photos of like all the old school uh, monsters from Power Rangers really took me back. Uh, one that stood out was the eye guy. And it's just mm-hmm. this big ass monster with eyes all over his body. It looks really haunting now <laughs> and probably traumatized a lot of kids growing up. But um, that stood out for sure. Uh, some of the classics, Goldar with mm-hmm. gold all over his body, purple face, huge wings. And uh, one of my phases, Lord Zed. I remember the first time I saw him, I'm like, did he just lose his whole skin? Like, it just was like shocking jaw drop when I saw him. But uh, yeah, those are some of my yeah. faves from uh, Power Rangers. Well, like of those, um, Lord Zed is actually an original design because um, he came in when they had their like second Zords. And that was mostly footage from like a different season. And that villain was just like a dude in like leather. <laughs> So they like made like a whole new villain for them. And um, recently, actually, his voice actor, David Axelrod, did pass away. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like age 70. But yeah, um, he, he's a great design. He was terrifying as a kid. Yeah, iconic. He actually got toned down after there was like letters from parents saying he was too evil and everything. Hmm. Because when he showed up, he like made their Zords go away and they had to get new ones. Like he was like all like screaming, like he made like Rita go away and stuff. Yeah, he was terrifying. He was all terrifying. Suddenly, um, two months or whatever after he came out, they had him get married to Rita and become more of like a dad. Oh my God. That that explains the switch. I'm like, even as a kid, I thought it was kind of weird that they just started like this little diabolical family. (laughs) But uh Dang, that was because the parents said it was too violent. That's crazy. Yeah. And um, one thing worth noting, actually, is most of the designs from season one of Power Rangers, like when they still had their like dinosaur swords, are based off of mythological creatures. So Goldar's name in Japan is um like Griffor because he was a griffin. Oh, yeah. Like, like now you can see it, like yeah. the whole wings and dog face and everything. Goldar is a real icon. I just freaking a, a perfect love design. Godar, man. Oh my god. Uh, I don't want to cast too many like aspersions about that movie from like 2017. I liked parts of it, and I think it it's dead. It can't hurt us. But um, they did they did Goldar so dirty. Did you see that or no? Are the uh, are the 2017 Power Rangers movie? Oh no, I didn't see. Oh yeah, 2017 one. Yeah, yeah, the one they're going to do another part two, but they canceled it. Yeah, the yeah. biggest complaint. It's like I don't want to complain too much about a dead movie, but they did Goldar so bad. He was like a molten dude made of gold. Yeah, he, and he didn't horrible. have any wings or anything. Yeah, he looked terrible. Um, I actually had three favorite designs from Power Rangers myself. One is well, the first one's not scary. It's just probably the one that has most stuck with me, and that's Pudgy Pig. <laughs> did you remember him no yeah once you posted it i started dying laughing i think i was at work on break <laughs> and like you were hitting me up on a uh, discord and i saw it and i started dying laughing man pudgy pig 
<laughs> I don't really remember too much of the episode, but I'll never forget that design. I looked that up after I posted him just to like see. So basically there's like a cultural festival, like food potluck thing. And he shows up to ruin it because that's the kind of things happened in 90s. Just, <laughs> oh, oh, there's a cultural festival. I'll send a monster to ruin it. <laughs> like most of the villains, I feel like in those like kid shows in the 90s were like, it's either that or they're going to somehow make pollution happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, he just shows up and like eats all the food and then eats their weapons and they beat him by making him eat like really spicy peppers and like he throws it up. <laughs> it's like, OK. <laughs> But he's just a big pig head with legs and a helmet and like a fork. Was he one of the monsters that got a chance to like get a get to fight the mechs or no? Or the Zords? I think most of the Zord, most of the monsters fought like fought the Zords, especially because he's from the Japanese show as well. So he definitely got to fight the Zords. Yeah, Um, he's actually not the only uh, monster the Rangers fought or the (laughs) who's based off of Vor and just really into eating the Rangers. But uh, the first one I posted was Terror Toad. <laughs> um, and he was a big toad with a big belly who ate all the rangers but the pink ranger. Yeah, I remember that episode too. And it's like, wow, why were, why were there so much like things getting eaten by monsters in the 90s? <laughs> that explains a lot. Yeah, we need answers. Just a toad and like he has like stickers of, of the Power Rangers helmets on his like tummy to show that he ate them. It's like, okay, <laughs> there you go. That's a terrifying design. The last design for Power Rangers that I loved actually is a a little less well known, but it's um the, the Lizinator. So I didn't remember this at all, but apparently this monster was like voiced to like parody like Schwarzenegger. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, you can't stop me. I'm too strong kind of thing. <laughs> like just very bad. Uh-huh. He's like a mouse lizard thing. The reason I remember him is that I have this like memory burned in my head of like being at like my grandmother's and getting messy and um her like cleaning me off like in the sink like pulling me up when i was like three or four and just seeing like in the other room um him like manhandling the red ranger like he like (laughs) hits the red ranger with a car and throws him through like a brick wall and stuff (laughs) so that'll always stick with me that's a great story yeah i never seen his design before i don't even remember that episode I like watched like a clip and it was like, yeah, like the Red Ranger's like working on a car or something. And like this guy shows up and just beats the hell out of him. <laughs> That's hilarious. Always fun. Um, and then um, uh, so I wanted to actually uh, look at some of our favorite monsters from outside of Tokusatsu. So um, one you posted was uh, the creep from Jeepers Creepers, right? Yeah, Jeepers Creepers, man. <laughs> So, like, wasn't his whole thing that he was kind of like the mummy where he had to, like, take people's parts to keep himself fresh? Yeah, he pretty much uh, was like, I like his eyes. I like his arms. Uh, just like a Frankenstein monster of uh, uh, being. Uh, and his whole body was kind of, like, covered up most of the film until uh, I think the guy fell inside the pit and saw all the bodies on the walls and stuff like that. I do remember that part in the movie, but... Um, I thought it was really interesting his uh his design c- kind of being like stitched together and stuff like that. Oh uh, yeah, because I remember um, wasn't that the case where like it was the kind of thing where they were just trying to work backwards from the song like Jeepers Creepers, where'd you get those peepers? Talk about those eyes. Yeah, was that the whole onus? Yeah, that was kind of like part of the movie. One of my um one of my favorite just like 
creatures eyes of all time is kind of cheating but i love just all the designs from from john carpenter's the thing it's such a great movie it's perfect it just has yeah that's one of my favorite movies um once you said that i was like yeah i'm sold <laughs> everything in the thing is awesome the details are beyond um one of my other favorite ones has to be the graboid from tremors such a great movie yeah, I remember seeing it as a kid. It was uh, one of those huge worms, correct? Yep. It's just a very clear, like, there's something in the ground. It's popping up. It has snakes in its mouth. Very cool. Um, and just a quick mention to the to the werewolf designs in one of my favorite movies that, like, no one's heard of, uh, Dog Soldiers. It was like a really low-budget werewolf versus soldiers in the Scottish Highlands. And, like, it's, like, just, like, oh, like, a bunch of, like, like there's people going on like a drill in the mountains and they find like a whole campsite just destroyed and they just like hold up in this house as there's a weird, like very well-designed werewolves outside that are like trying to break in and get them. This sounds amazing. What year did this come out? 2002. Okay. Yeah, this werewolf, werewolf design looks pretty, uh, pretty dope. And uh, anytime you get soldiers fighting werewolves, kind of reminds me of uh, Underworld without the vampires so i definitely have to check this out is it characterized as a a horror movie or is it like action it's definitely like a horror movie because like they're being hunted down but most of the movie just takes place in like a two-story house that like they're like holed up in as they're like we only have like this much ammo and that kind of stuff and it's uh just a really strong like horror action movie i think like it's like a lot like aliens i'd say like where it's just like that mix of tensions yeah, I love movies like that. It makes you feel like claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's like for how low budget it is, its cast is amazing. It's super well directed. It's just great. It's like one of my favorite movies. So let's move over to our recap, actually. And um, at this point, this is the spoiler zone. We're not going to do a full recap like beat by beat, but we're going to talk about episodes seven, eight and nine. Common Rider zero one after the break. This week, we looked at Kamen Rider Zero One, Episode 7, I'm a Hot-Blooded Human Gear Teacher, Episode 8, The Destruction Begins Now, and Episode 9, I'll Take Care of Your Life. Uh, yeah, so um, for this episode, number 7, we have a basketball coach who is acting outside of his what should be his parameters to coach his team and how that shakes out. So what do you think, James, about this? Uh, I thought it was a really fun episode. I'm a huge basketball fan. And as soon as the coach's name came out that it was Kobe, I was pretty excited. Um, The plot in this episode is really interesting because the principal wanted to reset it for reasons being that it was being hard on the kids and keeping them behind after class or after. But the kids wanted it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Keeping them longer for uh, practice and stuff like that. And parents were concerned about, you know, the kids grades dropping, but the kids wanted to be there. So that whole plot about, uh, you know, you give a human gear orders and they take the orders seriously and do their job correctly. And they're still being shunned before. But um, I was a huge fan of this episode. Um, the guys also finally realized what singularity was in this episode. And uh, it was an appearance of one of my favorite characters so far, Mr. Assassin. What did you think? Yeah, about I was going to say Mr. Assassin is great. Um, when we first watched like through this, um, 
I like saw him get taken out and I was like, oh no, he's like a really fun like actor. I love his suit. He's like a cool fight scene. So like um two spoilers, like see him back later. I was like, okay, great. But he's just a really great like new character. Um just like lost little like personality. Uh, but this episode, I really liked it. Um it kind of gets a little overshadowed by what we're by the rest of, what, of like what we'll talk about. But um it's just a really strong here is another way that a that like a human gear could interact with people and could maybe go outside of its like parameters, both in ways that might not be what we expect, but maybe what we might ultimately need, just kind of like that way they're fitting into like humans beyond just service into like humanity, which is really great. Um, have you um ever watched like a show like um the one I'm thinking of is Great Teacher, I'm gonna butcher this, but Great Teacher Onuzaka, which is um a pretty popular like early mid 2000s like anime. No, I don't know. Hmm. So this like almost felt like um a slice of like a different genre of like story. And like in Japan, like I know, like there's like lots of stories in this like genre of um you are the teacher who is coming in who maybe isn't liked by the parents or the staff or whatever. Like the whole like the mothers club meeting with the principal dude and all that who um really fun he's always carrying like a protractor or whatever he's <laughs> yeah. like dancing like when they lose like their like thing and then stops he's mm -hmm. great too but no like uh it's like a whole genre of um <laughs> you are this person that's coming in and doing what people need and being like there for like kids but you aren't liked by the institution kind of thing okay so this is a whole genre in japan yeah this felt like a genre that um i'm sure exists more than that but just there was enough this feels like a trope points where I was like, OK, this must be something. Um, what do you think of the fight scenes in this episode? Uh, I thought they were pretty good. Um, they debuted the polar bear suit, which is pretty sick. Um, and I loved everything about it. Um, was this episode that uh, Fua stole uh, Aruto's sword or was that yep. it? <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. That was really good. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, a lot of comedic stuff uh, as well as some good fight choreography. Um, like I said, debut of suit. And uh, yeah, um, what'd you think? I kind of got some like vibes of, um, have you seen the Battlestar Galactica like episode Scar or no? I've seen Battlestar Galactica, but I'm not, not sure which episode you're referring to, though. There's an episode in the second season where they're trying to like mine or something. And there's one enemy fighter that keeps like harassing them and killing them. OK. Mm -hmm. And basically, like the whole point there is that um, this has been like a like fighter who has learned and learned and learned from fighting and dying and fighting and dying and has become really great at it. And that's kind of like where like at first I was like kind of upset about the like assassin character dying. because I was like, oh, like he's going to keep getting better. And then like we do later on see like him come back. I like the idea of there being this enemy who's going to keep coming back stronger and stronger. Yeah, because really in episode cool. eight, he was a lot stronger in that episode. So that makes sense. Uh, so here, actually, we ha are back on our watch for Yua and what she's doing. And she was a little sketchy in this episode. Yeah, the whole episode, she started off by kidnapping Mr. Assassin and reprogramming him to attack Aruto and filming it. I'm like, whoa, what the hell is going on here? And then she proceeds to help him out by giving him the the polarized key. Um, but I'm like, I don't really know what's going on. I really can't call it. But we know she's up to no good. I liked that um, they showed like in the last episode, Jin kind of like n like 
beat the hell out of like Aruto like really badly. And like we've been saying that US seems like the most competent. So to see them kind of like have like a cool like compared to like every character so far, it kind of seems like you and Jin have that like more like rivalry going on. Mm-hmm. And like their fights are really fun, like each time. But uh, yeah, she definitely is acting very sketchy this episode. And it's cool that we actually get to see that come back on her later. But she is definitely doing some questionable things and working with some some very questionable like means and people, which is like very interesting to see like as we go forward. Do you have any theories about what she what could she be up to? Uh, I do, but a lot of it's dependent on what we're gonna see in the next two episodes so i'll like hold back on that till the end but like what do you think about her so far or in this episode um her in this episode like i said she was like super sketchy um we're still asking questions about what she's up to but i really i really can't trust her anymore like i like her as a character but uh once she turned the the human gear on Naruto, i'm like man I'm, uh, that's kind of going too far for me and filming the whole thing but uh something really good happens in episode nine and we'll get there or we'll talk about when we get there but i like but uh, yeah, man, uh, can't trust her anymore, man. <laughs> I'm not sure if she like turned him or just didn't change like the programming and decided to watch. But she definitely didn't really act in good faith. Like it almost like it felt to me like it was like, OK, I'm going to ingratiate myself by observing things happen without trying to make them better. But I'll, I'll at least give him this thing that makes him think I'm his friend in the like key. Yeah. And also, this is the first time that we've seen a, a, a Huber gear. Uh, do bad intentions without having the red eyes. His eyes are blue the whole time. So that was very interesting to see that you can actually turn a human gear on t- uh, onto someone else to do their bidding uh, with blue eyes. So that was a detail that was made clear in this episode. Because that kind of means that, oh, he's their ally. He's not being reprogrammed, which has wide and far reaching implications for like what the show is going to be, if that's the case. Mm hmm. Help us up a whole um, other box. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. Um, should we transition to episode eight or are there, are there any more thoughts like that? We haven't like hit on this episode, which is strong, just a little overshadowed by some things happen later. Yeah. Um, before we close out episode seven, um, what you think about the the uh, my, or the designs for Dodo and uh, Mammoth? Um, I like Mammoth a lot. It's like a strong. It didn't really fit with like Kobe, but that's the case sometimes they're like they're not fitting um i like dodo a lot like it was just a cool it's kind of like a silly design and like a garish design but it matches with how garish um like the like two other members of like metsubo like jinra are it felt like of just strong add to their team without necessarily giving them like another rider and making it like that imbalanced or like that like casts like too full yeah i agree um, I like the Dodo a lot more than Mammoth. I thought Mammoth would be more like broadly, um, like maybe more wider. They went for like a slim uh, look for the Mammoth costume. But I did like how he like kind of like sucked up uh, Aruto's attack when he attacked with fire. That was interesting. But uh, yeah, other than that, pretty average costume designs. Mm-hmm. No, I just uh, like seeing them do more stuff with uh, what the different keys do. And I'm not sure... It, like this must come up later, but um, it depends on when it's being used. But sometimes the um, that wolf key that like Fua has uh, gets called the werewolf key or like werewolf power. So I want to see that come to more like fruition, you know. All right, let, let's actually go over to episode eight right now and just uh, 
first thought, I thought this was kind of like the one of the bunch. We got lucky in that like we had like a loose little arc happen in these episodes, but this was kind of the peak of it, I think. This is a very strong episode. Yeah, this was like one of the strongest ones so far. Definitely. We go from um, both Aruto and Fua are separately in the hospital for like a checkup. And um, then they're just like talking about how like um, medical human gear are walled off and can't like interact like with the wider like Internet, because that would be like a big like security like risk. So it's kind of like there's this whole kind of like section of human gear that is like protected, but also like a little bit more vulnerable. And that's kind of like what the plot of Metsubu like Jinra is like to get control of like all medical like human gear. Yeah, because you're, they're dealing with people's lives. You know what I mean? This is like more like sensitive and uh, more life threatening. If when, you know these, this whole hospital gets hacked by Mitsubu uh, Jinrai, so I see why they had that uh, idea to keep them like walled off from everything else. And of um, every single job that we've seen, like human gears do, this is the one that makes the most immediate sense to me. It's like um, how like your phone can be like a calculator and a watch and a phone and like a flashlight this is like oh what if all of the super basic things that you need to do when you're checking up on like a patient like taking temperature like blood pressure that kind of thing was like wrapped in like bedside manner it would it, it, it makes the most sense to me that human gear would be at least in support staff for medical issues oh yeah for sure we see that the like assassin's back he's backed up he can't like hack in um he's just really great like very silly like motions that kind of thing he kind of seems like an inverse like Izu, where he's just kind of like has like these strange kind of like cute Tourette's that, like going on. Yeah, he's like a perfect uh, merge of uh, Izu and uh, Aruto, <laughs> you know, yeah. like his comedic stuff and like her like glitchy uh, smart stuff. The big thing that kind of incites this whole episode is uh, let's actually go, <laughs> go back to uh, our good pal like Yua. Uh, she's in some shady shit and in over her head, huh? <laughs> yeah. The episode. Mm -hmm. she's talking to the mysterious figure who i think at this point we could say is probably some kind of executive for um for zaya enterprises which is a corporation that is also involved in human gear and if you remember um in episode four actually when they showed like the people who were involved in daybreak city zaya was the second biggest name after like hidden they're a big deal in the lore i'm guessing and they're going to continue to be with how they we're making giant portable army generators for human gears. <laughs> what was your reaction when you saw those? What are they called? Uh, gigars? Jigars? Yeah. Um, we had two translations. I think they're giggers or yeah, gigars. I, like my yeah. sub was like gigger. Like it was spelled like tiger, but with a G. And then I saw another one. It was like G I A R, like cigar. So I really don't know. <laughs> the correct way to say it. Maybe like Gygar? Let's go with like, Gygar. I like Gygar. Yeah, Gygar sounds better. Okay. Um, but no, um, my first thought when I saw those was, you are, you are probably being played so bad right now. Because she's helping make these giant robots that can turn squads of human gears, no matter their programming, to follow their lead. And she's like, it'll be great once we have these. I'm glad we're helping you, Mr. Corporation Hidden Man. Yeah, like over the last few episodes, we've been giving her so much credit about like being the smartest person in the room. But this was a huge mistake. Like, I honestly don't th know like what she thought was going to happen. 
and either she's okay with it she's party to it more actively or she's just getting played like i think it's totally within reason that she's just smart and somebody said here's all these resources here's what we're going to do with them totally take me at my word please and she just did which will probably come up later if that's the case i just keep asking myself like what did this guy have over her like did he like promise her something or i don't know but he has her on a string i wonder if maybe it was like um hidden owns the copyright to make human gear so their competition is like well we're just gonna fund aims and totally like maybe they just have like the purse there or like some kind of like weapons contract which is why she's working so closely or like secretively that's that's a good theory um and then we see her like in here and then um we just have like metsubo like general like show up and say well it's time to raid you i guess <laughs> boy do they do that <laughs> yo they, they leveled everything. up so hard this episode like i freaking love these guys oh my god they like they showed their asses this episode like i loved every minute of it they took aims like really hard like, like everybody got their ass whooped this episode. Like everybody. It was amazing. <laughs> they like got in instantly while she was just fighting. Little, she was stuck fighting like the assassin who no offense is like the like little brother to Jin. And then like we haven't even seen like the dad yet. Yeah, but, she was um, like struggling with him too. They found their whole armory and just like tore that up. Took what they wanted, like took their own shotgun, and, like their arrow. Everything. Just give me that. Yeah. Took everything, man. Oh my that would God. be like if you like kicked down somebody's door in like Skyrim and just took everything. It was so like, easy. Uh, it was so easy. I love Hirobi, man. He's my favorite character right now. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to use that sword at some point. It's going to be great. He has to, man. I love people with swords. <laughs> but no, I, she just gets rocked because like, from last episode, like we saw like Fua pretty easy monster of the week taking down like the like assassin to like this episode. It took like a lot of concerted effort from like a rider to like take him down. But he's strong. Jin's strong. And like Hirobi, like we'll see later. But ugh. um, so she gets kind of wrecked and they do one of my favorite things that there's kind of a rule in Common Rider, I'm going to say. Um, if somebody has a gun and somebody has a, a like arrow the arrow is going to shoot through a bullet. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you explained that. I'm like, what just happened? Okay, that explains it. Because <laughs> they shot at the same time, right? Yeah. Okay, I was like, maybe he got his arrow off before the bullet. But <laughs> okay, that explains a lot. It gets me every time. Like, oh, they shot that arrow through that bullet. That makes sense because the arrow's slower. So it has to shoot through the bullet. I gotcha. <laughs> no, just she gets rocked. Her arm gets fucked up. She's kind of wounded. Um, like, and that probably would have been like enough for most episodes to say, oh no, we got pillaged. What happened? And I'm like pretty moderately wounded. But then they're off to, then they're attacking the hospital. And that's where things get real though, right? Yeah. When that Geiger, like, just like, oh my God, hooked up to all those uh, human gears and just transformed him. I was like, oh my God. This is wild. That's probably the wildest episode so far. So much happened. They kind of like faked us out by saying that like Nurse in White was going to be like a character, but she was just kind of like very quickly like thrown on like the altar of no, this is like a things happen episode. This is not the start of the arc of this nurse kind of thing. 
Yeah, her face when she made that scream right before she like turned, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> that scream. I'll never forget that. And again, um, all of the human gear actors have just been strong consistently. Just very strong like um like roles. Yeah, who's ever doing the cast and shout out to you guys. Thank you <laughs> for listening. So we get our big reveal here though about Metsubo like Jinra. Oh my what god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I called it like episode two or something. I was like, I think that he's, but remember we were trying to figure out like the age difference. We we're like, okay, yeah, like, this happened when Fool was younger. So Hirobi's like, it can't be him. I was like, but I think it's him. And it comes to find out it was him. Oh my God. Jaw dropping. What was your reaction? Uh, I wasn't sure if they were going to be like people or human gears or whatever, or like not know they were human gears, but no, they know they're human gears. And I love how basically they're just like, yeah, we ripped out our ears, basically, which is so anime badass. Like, y- you can see they each have like different designed ears that they ripped off. Like, Hirobi, who's like kind of the star of like this chunk, um, he like has like very clearly like cracked fake skin around where he ripped his like ears out. Mm-hmm. Like, he looks all like he was like this very weird, like, rare case of like breaking free of his like constraints or whatever but they look so i'm just curious like what was his job before he like turned <laughs> like what made him just snap i hope they show like a backstory about that but uh yeah man it was pretty amazing like the reveal was showing that it was him the whole time that caused daybreak and fool was anger for like him like pretty much killing his whole like family and stuff like that and you know causing this whole thing he uh he got caught in the moment and damn Oh my gosh, <laughs> that fight sequence was sick. So the suit actor um, for for Kamen Rider Hirobi is uh, I blanking <laughs> on the name right now, but he's actually the main suit actor um, that they like switched out because like he'd been doing it for like eighteen of the past like twenty shows, and he was like in his fifties. So this is the first time we've had that actor back was playing like Kamen Rider Hirobi. Oh, and nice. he's he had a good first fight that was just solid. He was like no selling everything. That guy is fifty but, years old. 52. Holy shit. What is he eating? <laughs> I need to know everything, man. Wow, that guy can move. Yeah, like he's like known as like Mr. Common Rider. Um, on Twitter, people say like he's um Mr. Like you've like been staring at like my dick for 20 years kind of thing. Like he's just like <laughs> <laughs> But no, um I love just the whole like sequence where they're like, oh crap, you could transform too. Because they're already kind of getting their asses kicked. Because like Yua's arm is fucked up and everything and you see um him transforming and it's very clear because his like key says poison it like he gets stung by a scorpion and like that armor like gloms onto him it's all just so badass right there yeah and the finisher was i'll never forget that like i was legit i think it was like the middle of the night i screamed (laughs) when he like drop kicked him and just walked off and it and like full exploded i was like oh Oh my god, bro. I did not expect like a main character that it happened to a main character so early in the series. I was shocked. But yeah, just he like um we get that like one flash of like blood too on the screen, but we see him just stab through his windpipe and then as he's dropping to the ground he explodes. So, mm-hmm. Okay, you fed up. And Hirobi didn't even look bad, he just kept walking. Oh my god. <laughs> and he didn't even look um winded by the fight like he was fighting like the power form with the big fists and didn't even like he no sold a finisher mm-hmm. so that's gonna come up later i know 
I did see a lot of, or I didn't say a lot of complaints. I have heard a complaint about the pace that this uh, show is moving. Uh, it's going to be like a super slowdown eventually, but I'm not really familiar with Climate Rider, as a lot of you guys do know. I'm a newcomer. So uh, I have a question for you. Like, So is Hirobi supposed to be like the villain for this arc and they're going to eventually transition into another villain or will he be the villain the whole time? Um, that's a weird question. Um, I don't really know at this point. Um, okay. People have told, there's totally been different things going on. Um, I think that it's hard to tell because different shows have done it differently. Um, ultimately, I think that even if in episode 15, Hirobi gets taken out or gets like downgraded, there's a chance that Metsubo, like Jinra, is still part of the plot. Maybe they take a backseat for a while and get like power ups later, or maybe like they like join forces or something. Or like there's totally been cases where characters have died then come back like 20 episodes later. I don't know. Um, I think they're probably in some form or like another here to stay for a while, okay. even if it's like allied with somebody else or like in the service of somebody else. Can't really know. Okay, because I don't want Hirobi to go anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> no, he's like a really solid villain. He just his voice, has like his facial expressions. He has a sword. Like <laughs> <laughs> he has a sword. Yeah. Him, uh, no. Um, and just uh, worth noting here, actually, um, with zero one versus um versus the like Dodo. Uh, that's a strong fight too. It's like it's overshadowed, of course, but. Just he has to do everything. He's he's getting rocked by this like one simple one simple like bad guy, like not even like a rider, and then he has to use all his powers to win. But yeah, um, so towards the end of this episode, we're left with just things in total in total chaos. Like we have one rider down, we have one rider injured. So like what was your thought at the end of episode eight? I was honestly shocked. I was really uh concerned about episode nine. I thought Fu was gonna die, to be honest. Uh, I was like, damn, I kind of like Fu a lot. I wasn't ready for him to go. But, uh, you know, like in the clip for episode nine, you kind of see him. He still is breathing. So I was like, maybe they keep him around a little bit longer. Uh, I was really concerned about Arudo and uh, how badly damaged she got. And uh, Yua, she was in a sling towards the end of this yeah. episode. So, like, our team was completely wrecked. Even though I love Hirobi, uh, Arudo comes first. <laughs> so I was really concerned about the team, and I was like, hopefully they could bounce back. And uh, I was interested in seeing, like, um, as Mr. B. Janeiro, I can never say shit right, uh, was headed yeah. towards the hospital, uh, what was going to happen next. So it was, like, a really good uh, climax to the episode. Uh, yeah, just a really strong, just kind of, like, cliffhanger, too. And mm-hmm. uh, to, like, Pull back the curtain a little bit. We originally weren't going to do episode nine this week, but just to kind of um, match our schedules better, we decided to. And uh, it was an awesome idea. Felt <laughs> waiting an extra. But what if you had to wait two more weeks for that? I don't think the listeners would have felt how excited we were about this because this was essentially t- like two episodes in one mm-hmm. or uh, one episode split in two, I meant to say. But yeah, this two should have been together because they went right into where we left off. And so should we actually. So episode nine, um, we start off just like where we were. Uh, we see um, like Fu getting carted into the hospital. We see U.S. still looking pretty fucked up, but not as fucked up. Um, and we see uh, just Hirobi and Jin just watching their small little army and like their big mech friend just kind of like go towards more hospitals, <laughs> which it's really terrifying. Uh, but yeah, um, and I liked seeing the first fight scene between um between Arto 
in Metsubo like Jinra, where they just kind of like don't even really worry about him too much. It's just like a really quick fight scene. Yeah, I was like, is he really going to take them on by himself after what just happened to Fool? Like, that was wild. <laughs> and yeah, um, it's very, it's nice to see, um, like, in the last episode for the more, like, heroic team and in this episode for the, like, villain team, a, like, good group, like, Henshin, when there's, like, multiple people, like, as, like, a unit, like, transforming. And when they both transform, I was like, ah, oh, you better hope you have, like, a way out of this fight, like, Aruto. Yeah, you're not prepared at all. Yeah, he could have died this episode several times. <laughs> yeah, um, we actually take a like um, way for, from the action to like talk to the company and to talk about what the main like moral dilemma here is. And that was actually really interesting. What did you think about the discussion of should we shut down medical equipment or should we make sure it's not hacked kind of situation? Because that was like a that's not a conversation you might see like once again like this is like kids media that was also very loaded and like complicated like question to ask yeah this is like one of the few times we got to see out of the whole series that he had to be you know a ceo of a company because this is really big to have to shut down all of your you know human gears because that looks bad on the company and i question myself like are they going to go out of business eventually and then zaya takes over for a hidden you know what i mean like they become the second place uh tech company but uh, yeah, that was a huge decision for Arudo having to uh, shut down in human gears. And I can't believe he actually did it for, you know, that split second. Importantly, he didn't do it. He couldn't come to a like choice. And we talked before that um, his view is that he should not do an action that will cause harm, even if not doing that thing or doing the thing so, so you don't cause harm might cause more harm down the line. Like he's more about, well, if my action isn't causing direct harm, that is a better action. Like my actions moral, even if there might be more harm through doing something immoral. And he's just completely frozen here. Yeah, like he didn't know what to do. Like he did it and then he undid it <laughs> pretty fast. I um, really liked um, they've done a really good job with um, his vice president, like Jun. He seemed like a pretty normal, passionate, but still like invested in like a major corporation, like on the board, dude. Like he's not thinking immorally. He's just thinking about his company, which is why like he works like as this like kind of more like mildly despicable figure. Yeah, he's one of those very interesting background characters that pops up every now and then, but keeps the story going. But uh I forgot to mention uh, the reason why uh, Aruto decided to uh, turn the human gears back on is because we realized that uh, one of the human gears that got hacked was uh, didn't turn into a Magir. Uh, so apparently some human gears that reach singularity are able to resist being hacked. So that was a good uh, plot point in this episode as well. Yeah, and I think that um, it's really interesting because that's kind of spurred by Yua and Izu kind of having a moment of like starting like a friendship maybe, but also like that's happening because Izu seems to be gaining sentience and Yu doesn't really comment on that. But they like when they're like, here's this key, can you make something with it? There's definitely like the start of a like relationship happening there in that moment, which is really interesting. It was uh, interesting, but it turned sour pretty quick towards the end of this episode before, you know, jumping a little bit forward. But uh, at the moment, uh, I'm not really sure if it was like, Izu's kind of watching you more closely now, and it's kind of like keep your enemies closer. 
type situation, but uh, you know, it's pretty cool mini team up there. We get a lot from um from Izu here where she's saying things like, Can I do something that's against the bottom line of the company, even if it's to help protect like the president? Like she says to Yua, I care enough about Aruto that I'm gonna take an action that's illogical to help him, which is definitely signs that she's like slowly like changing as like a character too, which is great. Yeah, she's almost reaching singularity as well. Maybe in the next few episodes, she'll unlock it all the way. What do you think of our fight scene that we have here? Which is uh, the new, probably the last form for a minute or last of like the first like wave of forms, but like breaking um, for Common Rider Zero One, breaking Mammoth. Oh, the uh, his Geiger form. Is that what we're going to go? Uh, with? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. My reaction to it was like the animation wasn't the best, but it was effective. Um, I was more fascinated with when him with him when he was trying to fight the the Geiger without the <laughs> breaking mammoth. I was like, "What the hell is going on? Is he really about to take this thing down?" And then he finally transformed into the the breaking mammoth. But uh, like I said, the animations weren't all that, but it was very effective. Yeah, like it wasn't like a great fight because it was just like two big pieces of CGI. Lately, in most seasons, like there's either like some kind of mech form they use once in a while, or like big cgi piece for their bike that comes in um so it makes sense we're probably not going to see this like too often but like just to have like a big toy or like something that like some action figures can go and they tend to have these and yeah they're never the best but it was fine it was completely just probably a low point but it was just like a mediocre low point like not like a bad point of these episodes i'd say yeah, it didn't ruin it, but uh, I'll be okay seeing it every now and then. But this is something that I want to see every episode, though, for sure. Uh, one that was actually really good of these, um, we have to have like a big CGI like form that like like the rest of the like things can like be scaled to. Uh, was a couple of years ago now. There was a show, Kamen Rider Game, which was very popular with the fandom, and um, so it's the weirdest one to do any kind of summary for. But basically, it's kind of like a it starts as a show about breakdancing, but then it goes into kind of like a modern day retelling of the a modern day retelling of like the warring states period in Japan Hmm. involving fruit and in invasive dimension. So it's a weird show, but it's also beloved. Like the the main character, um, Kamen Rider Game. This is a Kamen Rider show. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yo, like, this is an awesome series to get into. Thanks for inviting me along. There's so many different things that I'm learning every episode. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff out there. I almost made a mistake by watching a Kamen Rider film uh, the other day. I think it was, like, Kamen Rider uh, Zoe or something like that. I forget the name of it. But I realized that it's just based off that series. Like, it's not, like, a one-off movie, right? Um, Was it... Zo or Zio? That's a, that's Zio. Yeah, Zio. Yeah, that would have been weird. <laughs> if I could tell you anything, don't look at Kamen Zio stuff because that's like a multiverse time travel thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I thought like, they made films like one-off films just to, like have a Kamen Rider movie without a series, but most of the movies are attached to the series, correct? Yeah. There's okay. The reason I asked was um, there's Kamen Rider Zo, which came out in the 90s, just a Z and an O. Then there's Kamen Rider Zio, which came out last year, which is their big 20th anniversary celebration. Two completely different things. <laughs> Very completely different. <laughs> one of them is a standalone movie. One of them is 
a multiverse spanning time travel show. <laughs> One is not like the other. Yeah. <laughs> that show is mentioning um, a Kamen Rider game. I'm going to actually sh- share a picture right now of what this guy looks like. Uh, his motif is like samurai and oranges. Oh, this guy looks badass. Yeah, it's a weird show, but he um, like in the first couple episodes, like around this point in the show, he gets a form that's like based off a watermelon where a giant watermelon comes down. And he's just like <laughs> rolling around in that. Oh, my God. It's the whole thing. But yeah, like most seasons have some kind of weird little uh, weird little like big like mech thing for their let's spend some money on like CGI episodes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, and then we just kind of like get to the end of this episode, which um, so Fu is OK. He actually has a moment where he's like, hey, I'm split on my feelings about human gear now. Yeah, that was touching because he um, like even says I um, was terrorized and almost killed by them. But then also my life was saved by one. Yeah, and it's pretty cool to see that his uh, perspective on human gears is slowly starting to change. Even if it's like just a little bit into the positive, but this episode was really good all around, especially just for that moment. And they definitely, and they, uh, Arudo and uh, Fua had a moment on the uh, the building again. And Fua just needs to confess his love to Arudo. Like he loves this guy so much. Like he laughs at every joke this guy drops. Yeah, he loves his jokes. Um, <laughs> oddly enough, compared to most common writer shows, uh, they don't have a ton of romantic tension. Which is big in some shows. Some shows are just like, whoa, you guys need to like kiss right now. Like, <laughs> you're like crying in a river and like you're covered in bruises. Just just get it over with. <laughs> we we got to get back to the show. Come on. <laughs> got some bromance but, going on. Uh, not even. <laughs> but um, <laughs> no. And um, it's really great to have that moment of my life was saved. And now like I can't laugh because like I'll hurt my f- like near fatal wound. <laughs> and uh, we also get a moment with um, Yua and Izu where like, it just felt very natural and interesting to see them kind of like forging a, a little bit of a friendship. And then immediately Izu's just like, Hey, I fucking saw you. She owned Yua and I freaking loved it. Oh my gosh. He owned her. It's like Yua couldn't say anything at all. She was like, Oh, wait a minute. Who filmed this? <laughs> Oh, let me find out. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, oh my God. Then all you could say was it wasn't me. Which made me think like, is she like being controlled as well? But obviously we could see her ear. So she's not a human gear. So I don't really know if that was supposed to mean something or if she just was denying it. Well, we see her filming. So we know it was her. She's yeah. just like, she goes from like being open and warm in this moment of like, we got over this like conflict together. To like instantly, she's like back to being like abrasive and like cold towards Izu, like as soon as she gets called out for what she did. And like it's sad because like they probably were on the road to being like friendlier, which is really interesting. Do you think I'm just being a conspiracy theorist that I, you know, read into that too much when she was like, it wasn't me? Maybe that'll come up. I just felt like that was like a lie. Okay. <laughs> like, oh no, that couldn't be me. I, I, I totally didn't do that. I just like to dive deep into, you know, small things like that. That's just me. <laughs> so something um, that we haven't mentioned, but both in that scene and earlier, that's like inspired by like talking heads on TV. So like the media is taking attention. I do think that 
there's going to be tension on the company now that we've established characters and like factions that there's going to be a lot of like company drama going on or like media drama with the perception of human gears kind of thing mm-hmm. which um is cool it was like they have kind of been making it like we said early on like there's something very iron man about like aruto no um so what are your big kind of um your big takeaways from the show so far and like going forward um at this point we know we're on episode nine so we're, we're pretty much almost like two and a half months in um and i'm still left with questions my biggest question is who the hell is this guy that you was working for and i'm starting to think that he's a common writer of some sort but uh you made a good point that he could be like some kind of figure in the zaya enterprise and kind of like you know moving his puppet you around to you know eventually take uh, hidden intelligence place um i'm also curious about what turned hirobi into you know this badass human gear and just all right uh, we need to uh, take back over this planet, you know, like on this big mission for that. Um, but those are my two big questions. Uh, I'm interested in hearing which, what are your questions left. I want to see what I get the impression that Yua is over her head and that she is believing stuff she shouldn't be believing for from somebody that there's just despite her being so smart, she's not wise. And then there's somebody who's just. I'll give you this money to research this stuff and then I'll totally help you use it. I'm not maliciously going to use this information to like make a major like corporate play or like play towards like some kind of power. I think she's being had really badly for her research and that that's probably going to come up with Zaya. Um, and I just want to know more. I think that there's going to be something in relation to, um, we didn't talk about it, but in episode eight, they showed us that Aruto, at least his checkup, appeared human. There's going to be some interplay, I think, between his grandfather or his dad and Hirobi and maybe Jin. I think there's something going on there. They've talked personally about the grandfather with, like, personal disdain for him. So I think that's going to be what I'm very interested in seeing. Like, how was Hirobi the one who defected from the grandfather? And what designs did the grandfather have that made them clash? Mm. That's a really good point you brought up. So does this close the conspiracy theory that uh, Aruto is a, a human gear? Or are we still asking questions? The fact that they so directly showed him getting like a checkup at x-rays honestly just makes me more confused because they could totally be trying to psych us out. I did you see know? one theory that, um, you know, whenever he goes to the satellite, that all his data is being backed up. So maybe in the future, like it'd be like some kind of crazy episode where he dies and they bring him back as a human gear. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Something's going on for sure. But, uh, they intentionally did that for sure to like throw us off the scent. But also it could just be that they're showing us something that's true. I just, the fact that they showed us any information without it being <laughs> a big reveal, I was like, Oh no. I just love the fact that you're a big conspiracy theorist like me. Like I looked so deep into everything and I'm like trying to guess what's the next move. So I actually want to um, show you something that's a bit of a surprise. Oh, surprise. So in December every year, they do a crossover movie between the show that has ended in the summer and the show that starts in September. So it's kind of like a sequel to that show where they get like the cast back and they're called like movie war usually. Mm. Um, so I actually just dropped the trailer for Kamen Rider oh, Reiwa, the first God. generation. It's you the first teaser have. trailer. So I'm going to... 
get that to zero. And it's only a few seconds long, but I want to watch this in real time. We're watching this together? Yep. Okay. So let me know when you're at zero. Let me pull up my clock again. Oh my God, I'm super excited about this. <laughs> oh, man, I'm a little nervous. All right, and let's click play now. Oh, he looks bad. At, where is his suit? Where is his suit? Oh, oh no. Oh, I wasn't yeah, ready for that. What the? Gonna, so oh, that is. Oh, when did we get that suit? So I'm going to throw a picture right now in here. Uh, <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. Right? <laughs> I want that suit every episode. That must be. That's the movie suit, huh? <laughs> the budget's a little bit bigger. Damn. Yeah, the movies tend to have some cool stuff going on. Um, that was sick. Thanks, man. So what I'm going to actually show you now is the two new suits in the movie. So yeah, um, this is actually a picture that I'm showing you right now of um, what looks to be both the villain and the upgrade or the new suit for the winter movie. Are you ready? Uh, I think so. Oh, my. Oh. Yeah. So on the uh, left is mm -hmm. another riders, which were basically monstrous versions of common riders. So that is another zero one, a monstrous version of common rider zero one. What? And they're basically time paradoxes that what? make common riders powers fade away. Yo, can we like review this movie on a pod? Holy shit. One bad thing is because they're in theaters, they take longer to come out for us. Oh, okay. That's dope. On the right, that's that's um proto common rider zero one which is uh the original prototype of common rider zero one if you notice it's using the same belt as Hirobi and jin oh no which means at some point aruto um gets his belt damaged or his powers get erased and he has to use this belt which doesn't lay anything to rest because so far we've seen it like snap in with spikes and only be used by like human gear so wow we don't know what's going on so <laughs> i can't wait to see this no just like the movies are the worst part sometimes because they just take so long for us to find out about because like they're in theaters but oh so they're gonna be late to the there's party. so many cool designs yeah oh, okay that sucks i'm so excited to see because it's like the first one of these movies that seems like it's gonna be like a true versus like they were fighting in that trailer so i'm yeah. excited to see Happens there. That was a good cut too. 15 seconds. That's all I needed to see. <laughs> exactly. But no, uh, we had a good run of episodes this week. Just a solid bunch. And the first teaser for that movie, which is going to keep teasing us, I guess. But Comrade Zero One has been great so far. What do you think? Man, I love this show, man. Like I keep saying, thanks for inviting me on to join you on this pod. I know I'm still a noob. I'm still actually like ton of questions, but that's what this podcast is about. It's about the expert and the newcomer, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I hope this is entertaining for you guys to listen to me asking, you know, noob questions and stuff like that. <laughs> and honestly, um, we've had some great support so far. Like, uh, there's been more of an outpouring than we expected. Please, um, please let us know. Um, like, if you are to um, review us on iTunes or not, um, just like let us know and we'll like shut you out. And um, we we can take questions actually at uh podcasts at commonridethme.com and we would love to read some questions for next time. Yeah, well, let's do some let's do some shout outs right now. I'm already on uh iTunes right now. Uh we're gonna shout out a few of you guys that review um us and rate us on iTunes and 
wherever you uh, want to review us, uh, we'll definitely shout you out at the end of the pod. <clears throat> but uh, the first one, a very kind one from Initial uh, Ginja. We appreciate you. Thanks for saying it. Um, and now also our most recent one on iTunes is uh, Asbo. Um, we really appreciate your kind thoughts on our pod. Thanks, guys, for all the support. And again, if you um, do send us a review not on iTunes, please um, tweet at us or just like let us know. And, and like we will also like shut you out. Just it's um, hard to know if like so many sources sometimes, but just let us know and we'll like absolutely like shut you out. Yeah, like uh, like James said, like just, you know, hit us up on Twitter or hit us up on our uh, our email and, uh, you know, you could like leave a review or some kind thoughts or maybe even suggestions for the pod. You know, we're still a new pod. We're still learning on the fly, altering things as we go. Um, but uh, we love to hear what you guys would like to hear from us in the future. So right now, actually, let's start to close out. Uh, so where can they find you, James? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook um, under PopcultNet. That's the best way to find me. And um, you can find me on Twitter at James Forge and the podcast. You can find at commonridewithme.com. You can email us at podcast at commonridewithme.com. And you can um, tweet using the hashtag, hashtag commonridewithme. And just let us know your thoughts. Um, we are so very excited for the um, support that we had so far. Thank you all so much. Till next time, guys. Peace. Yeah, peace. <laughs>